0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Well Church Samaritans podcast. We pray that you enjoy this message and that it creates a well of hope in your life today. I'm going to get started. I'm just going to. I know we just prayed, but I'm going to pray again. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for bringing everyone here, Lord. I just thank you, God, for insight, for wisdom. I thank you, God, that, Lord, we just cast our cares upon you, for you care for us, and we thank you, God. We just humble ourselves in your sight, and we say, Lord, we can't do it, but with you we can do all things, and I just thank you, and we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's interesting. I think every time, I, I feel like I have the same message over and over and over again, And it's variations of that message. There's, there's good reason for that. It's interesting. You can learn a lot about what people are going through by listening to their messages. If they're, if they, if they're honest and, uh, when they're worshiping music and when they have worship music, it's how God's speaking to that person. So that's a little cue for you to get some insight is quite often I learn quickly about what's going on in someone's life by listening to them pray. And it's very interesting. It's, it's just because you, you are, you're paying attention to those things. Those are things that are in the top of your mind and those are the things you're thinking about. And, uh, now obviously if you are someone that's just has a canned message and they don't really connect, then that's a whole other story. But that shows you a lot of things about them too. Um, but the reason why I'm here today is I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this message. And quite often, right before I start, the Lord kind of gives me a, uh, an understanding of some things I'm, so I'm just going to start off here with a little bit of a story, and kind of a story, um, more of a narrative. But basically, in my life, um, I came to know Christ at a really young age, and some of you guys know my story. When I came to know Jesus, I really had—I mean, I was like five years old, and I, but I do remember giving my life to Jesus, and I remember my 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 uh, my Baptist pastor's um, wife, who was my Sunday school teacher was teaching me about Gideon and how God could talk to Gideon. And I was like blown away. I'm like five years old. I'm like, I want to talk to God. And she told me about Jesus. And I'm like, well, that's a no brainer. I want to have Jesus in my life. I want to talk to God. And that's what started my journey. And, um, you know, and I had a hunger for the word of God. I, I had a hunger. I, I, even at the age of seven, I felt like I had what in the Baptist would call in the Baptist tradition, my calling from God at seven years old. And I remember watching a slideshow, uh, for those who are too young to know what a slideshow, it's like a PowerPoint, but a lot less, you know, sophisticated. Um, but we had these slideshows, and, and I remember watching these kids and being like, wow, this is awesome. Like these kids are, my heart's, I remember crying and, re- and my heart being moved at seven years old, and I felt like the Lord uh, was calling me in some way, I don't know how this is going to work. That somehow that was part of my destiny, which is crazy because last year, for the first time, uh, 40 years later, um, I end up, uh, I end up going to Africa, uh, with my wife and we went to, and I remember seeing these kids and I remember that vision at seven years old. And so my heart, my heart at a young age really wanted people to know who Jesus was. Well, as time would go on, uh, you know, it's interesting. Quite often, we, in some churches, and I'm not picking on anybody, but sometimes we lead people into Christ by the grace of God, and then as soon as they came, come to know Jesus, we give them the whole law to keep their salvation. Honestly, you never earned it in the first place, but, but I had to work through a lot of those things and like what that looks like. I, I, what happened was, I, I was excited about Jesus, and even though you, this might be hard to imagine, I used to have hair. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. I know. I used to be skinny. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't laugh too hard. There's some fluffy people in the room. So, so yeah, I remember giving my life to Jesus and having an excitement for Jesus and wanting to tell people about Jesus, but I actually was shy. I was quiet. And, but I would want to tell people about Jesus. But as time would go on, because of the, 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 where I grew up and the church I was in, it was more based upon what people's appearances were. Start looking from those lenses, like you start, you know, you, you, you come in with grace and then little by little you start getting this prescription and you start looking at things and your, your lenses are dirty, right? And now you're looking at everyone and seeing what's wrong with them. And so now you're, now you're focusing more on where people are not adding up. And really, that's judgment that's judgment you know that's judging someone it's not just condemning. we think about judging, and that's a whole other thing I'm not going to get into now, but we we don't know we don't know what's going on with that person we don't know where that person's going to go we don't know what God's doing with that person and so but when you're living from that place that's that's like the sort of legalism there's like girls don't wear pants like a whole bunch of you are wearing pants. I mean, if you were in my church back in the day, you would have weird looks. And now, I don't want to pick on the church I grew up in, because there's a lot of good things that I got from it. Obviously, my Sunday school teacher led me to Jesus. I mean, that's beautiful, and I don't want to throw that away. But what happens is, though, here's the thing. I started to struggle in my life, and I'd read these verses, and then be like, it says about that we're more than conquerors, but I did not feel like a conqueror. And I'd read about reigning life, and all these awesome stories, right? Of all these biblical characters and I'm like, "Wow, that's amazing." And my life, I just I don't know, I just it didn't it nothing was connecting for me or it'd be hit and miss. You know, and I'd go from these highs to lows. And I thought the highs and the lows was that's the normal Christian life and that's just the way it is. And so, um so at, I went to Bible college thinking and hoping maybe I would meet some church that was not so legalistic. And actually, the the school that I went to was considered liberal to where I grew up. They said because the the church that I went to or the, the, the church I went to were King James Version only and Lancaster Bible College at the time was NIV, which is the not inspired version. So I remember growing, I mean, literally grew up in that. And I mean, I will say there are some there are some bad translations in the n i v but it's that's not that's either here nor there there's no perfect anyway we 're not going to get into that <laughs> who man can of worms but here's here 's what it comes down to is i got into my I got into this relationship with God not to jump through a bunch of hoops. I came in a relationship God with God because I felt loved, you know, and I had a a love for him, and I was excited and i I had dreams in my heart at a young age. And I'll tell you, religion and legalism and tradition actually, it chokes the life out of you. It actually makes you, it actually makes you fruitless and you don't realize it. Here's the thing is like, I I didn't, I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have been able to articulate what I'm even sharing with you now. And I'm still trying to find words to articulate in the right way to make sense of what I'm saying. You know, when you start to experience the goodness of God, the grace of God, You, 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 your, your, your meter for sensitivity for legalism is really high. It's real sensitive. And, and so, but sometimes when you, you don't have that awareness, you know, it's like bad breath, you know, like people come up to me. This is, this is one of the things about being a minister when you travel, you know, I'm a very warm, loving person and I'll talk to you and I'll, I I won't, you know, I'm not that guy. It's like, oh, I'm too cool for school, but I'll talk to you but sometimes it's really hard because someone sometimes people have bad breath. You know, and I'm the kind of friend that will let people know if they have bad breath. I'll let them know if their collars messed up or they have toilet paper on the bottom of their shoe. That's the kind of friend I am. But when it comes to legalism, sometimes we don't realize that we have legalistic breath and we don't even realize it. And we don't realize it, but here's one of the here's one of the things I'm kind of giving you my cards up front is one of the ways to know what you believe and what you're living out of not just head knowledge okay here's the thing there's a lot of things that we know but are we living are we experiencing the reality of that there's a difference between knowing a bunch of what god's saying in the bible versus living out of the word and that there is a difference you could live out of scriptures know the scriptures in and out but not know the word i mean even the pharisees were right in front of the word But they didn't recognize the word because they knew their scriptures. And that can happen to us as believers, too. So um, as time would go on, I ended up dropping out of Bible college. I went the opposite direction. I know I probably tell the story over and over again. You guys know the story, but I feel like I'm getting clarity in, in a greater way. Why am I in this in the first place? Why am I here on a Sunday morning when I could be at home sleeping? Well, the reason why is because I want people to know that they are meant to, that that first of all, that God loves you, and that there's so much more in life than what you're experiencing, and that you are meant to reign in life, and that you meant, you're you meant to be overcomers, and God's given you a dream that you're meant to live out of that dream, and legalism, the world will, will actually poo-poo on that and say no, you know, and I don't care how much you see out there, there's not a lot of people talking about these things, and I'm not talking about living a dream, a selfish kind of dream, I'm talking about when you live out of a God-given dream, everyone else is going to prosper as you prosper, because all boats will rise up. Your life is supposed to spill out so much that you do more on accident than on purpose when you're with people, and that's you living out of your truest identity. So years would go by. I had no desire to be with God. I was angry at God. I remember telling God to F off. And I remember going the opposite direction of everything I ever learned because I was sick and tired of religion. I was sick and tired of all that stuff. I was done. Don't talk about the Bible. Don't talk about the stuff. I saw a bunch of hypocrisy in the church. And I had, man, I had a chip on my shoulder. And uh, I, ended up, I ended up getting to a place where I just walked away completely from God. And here's the thing. It was the kindness of God that kept on coming after me. God kept on pursuing me. I mean, I was in so many dark places doing bad things and God was there with me, you know? And so that shows me like, like God's not afraid of your ickiness. He's not afraid of your bad behavior. He's not, he's not, he's not looking at that. He's looking at who you are. God only re- relates to you as to who you are, not who you're not. Sometimes people say I got conviction of the Holy Spirit and it's actually it's conviction or condemnation from the enemy. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit here is, yeah, it says that he's here to convict you of your sin. But here's what I, this is what I believe. I believe that God, the Holy Spirit is here to convict you. And in Christ, you're a new creation. Your old, old is passed away. Behold, he makes all things new. So as a believer, he's convicting you of who you really are. That's what That is how God relates to us. And sometimes you feel like you're not connecting with God. And the reason why is because he, he cannot connect to an old, a fake identity. He can't connect to a mask. You might think, oh, I can't connect with God. But you're connecting to God, most likely. And this is not to beat anyone up. This is myself included is that sometimes we're not able to connect even with people because we are living out of a false identity and we cannot be vulnerable and we cannot be real and we cannot connect. And we wonder why we feel disconnected. It's because you're not even connected to yourself. Now, you could go and blame everyone else. I did it for a long time. Or you could say, you know what? I'm like the the constant part of this equation. Like if everyone doesn't want to talk with you, It's not because you're just, you're, you're too holy and too righteous and that you're a prophet and you know everything. And no, most likely you have bad breath. You don't realize you have bad breath. You're rejected. You live rejected because you've been rejected your whole life. Now I'm not here to beat you up. I'm just here to say, look, listen, if you got bad breath, I'm going to let you know, because here's the thing. I don't see those things in you. I don't see, when people talk to me and they try to tell me their story and how bad life is, I, I my heart goes out to people. I feel bad that people went through that. But here's the thing, if I just come beside you and like, oh, you know, like, I mean, what's that going to do? What's that going to do? Is that going to empower him? That's going to look weird, actually, really. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't, we can't, we can't. I mean, I've known this guy forever, so yeah, fifteen. Wait, how? I don't know. Fifteen years, whatever. Twenty years. Um. So the the point is, is like, you know, this is the difference between empathy, right? Like, real empathy is like, hey, that it really does stink, right? But and I don't, I don't. I'm not talking about being fake. I'm not saying that you can't go through something. I just think sometimes we hide behind things. And, you know, we come to church, and sometimes it's because we don't want to deal with things with other people. I get that too, because sometimes people are not really worthy of hearing what you, what's going on in your life. Anyway. So as I, as, as, as I experienced the kindness of God, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I did not know anything about, um, speaking in tongues. I was afraid, afraid of speaking in tongues, by the way. That was the scariest thing, because I was told that was demonic stuff, and prophecy was no more. Healing was no more. I didn't believe any of that stuff. You guys, I'll tell you, charismatics freaked me out. Pentecostals freaked me out. Okay? Like I was a Bible thumper before it was cool. All right. I mean, there was always, they were always cool in religious circles, you know, like telling how everybody's wrong, right? Here, let me let me correct you. Here, let me correct you. I got it all right. Um, but what happened for me eventually is I, I experienced the Holy Spirit, and then I started to experience this kingdom. I'm like, oh my gosh, like all the movies that I love, like with adventure and heroes, like this is actually a real thing. Like this, the Bible really, really is real. And I know that sounds weird because you're like, well, yeah, duh, of course it is. But here's the thing. Like, I didn't see a lot of examples around me of people living out of that reality. So I I didn't know if it was just like a, a, let's just go to a club called the church and hang out and have good food and you know, gossip and talk bad about people, size people up. No. I realized that this kingdom, there there's something more than just getting saved. There is this kingdom life. Now, here's the thing. You can be a believer and not experience the kingdom of God. It says that many people will not enter the kingdom of God. That's not talking about heaven. That's talking about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And you can live like an you can live like a practical atheist. You can live like an atheist and be a Christian. And that's a lot of, a lot of people live that way. They live like everything relies on them. I want you to know that fear is a good indicator of who you're relying on. Fear is a good indicator. You don't beat yourself up about it. There's no condemnation. Hello. There's no condemnation just because there's something there. Just because you have fear there. It's like you have, you have toothpaste on your mouth. You know, like it's not a big deal. God's already thrown your sin as far as from the east to the west. Okay. It's not about you beating yourself up. It's not even about you inspecting yourself. It's you looking at yourself with Christ because you are in Christ and you are a new creation. You are already a new creation. So what's happening is you're, you're, you're spending way too much time on something that you used to be and you're wondering why you're stressed out. And then if someone talks about that old self, you get offended at your false identity. And then it just goes around the circle and then you leave the church and you find some other church to go to and you do the same thing over and over again. That was me. Hello? Now, are there places not safe to go? Sure, of course there is. But here's the deal. If everyone around you and you're just touchy about everyone, everyone's being taught this in in the world now. It's okay to be a victim. It's actually a badge of honor to be a victim. That's what's being taught in society right now. The reality is, is like, we are more than conquerors in Christ. We, we are something, I mean, this is, the problem is, is that people have not seen a lot of examples of this. But when I started to experience the kingdom of God, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I remember the first day. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in the front of my parents' house. I'm 26 years old. I lost my business, my girlfriend, my car's broken down. I had a conversation with God after being three or four years away from him. And I'm like, you know what, God? You've been more good to me than bad. I know, I've had some friends, that were very loyal to me when I was in the world. And they would come to me in the middle of the night if I needed them. They would hold me if I am like choking on my own vomit from drinking too much. You know, and I didn't experience that in the church sometimes, okay? And there there's sometimes a lot more people that live a lot more Christian than some of the Christians that are in the church doing all the right things. I don't understand it. I don't get it, except for the fact that God's made us into his image and his likeness. And sometimes it shows up in a situation. So anyway, God got a hold of me and I'm starting thinking, oh my goodness, like the first day that I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm like, this is amazing. And God's like, I want you to go into Lancaster City. You're going to get my sister, Jen, drop me off. I'm the oldest of 10 kids, by the way. So that's why I speak loud. I don't even need a microphone. So I end up going to Lancaster. God's like, I'm not telling anyone this is happening. And God starts telling me how to hear his voice. He's like, I've been talking to you forever. He's like, you just thought it was you. I used to call it my Spidey sense. You know, I just have, just know things. And so here I am, I'm walking around, I get a vision. Like, what is a vision? You know, I saw this movie in front of me. I mean, I'm like, what in the world? This is crazy. I, I saw this, this man, this Rastafarian looking man sitting on a little brick wall. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not telling anyone this. And God's like, make a left here, make a right here. And then there he is, the man that I saw my vision. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in the matrix. I'm in the matrix. I'm in the matrix. I literally remember that. And the matrix was only out for like two years. But I'm like, this is the Matrix. This is so cool, right? And I was like, so excited. And you know, it was weird because I'd be around other Christians, and they're like, I'm so excited, and people are like, what? Well, why are not that excited? It's because they're living out of a false reality. They're living. They're living as functional atheists in that way. They're living by their thinking. I want you to know that's one of the worst things that's ever happened to the Western Church is we have we have put we have put Greek. Uh, philosophy into the theology and we make God distant, a distant God. No, he can't get any closer than he is. He's encased in flesh for all eternity. He came on the earth as a 100% man and a 100% God. He did not use his Godhood to do the job that God called him to do. In fact, he just did what we're supposed to do. And he's a perfect example of what it looks like to be 100% human and having God with us. Okay, You're one with him. Like that that oneness is like everything. Like you can spend all of our time just talking about our oneness with God and everything else will come together. And it comes down to really understanding who we are. I'll tell you, all problems in your life come down to two things. All of your problems can be narrowed down to two. two you guys ever try to figure out what's going on? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? You get stuck. I can tell you what stuckness is because I have a PhD in being stuck, by the way. Okay? phd i mean so many times i literally had something happen to me two months ago and i felt stuck but i knew my own message was coming to me you understand i preach my message sometimes to myself <laughs> can i get an amen amen brother Matt? <laughs> right and so i felt stuck well what is that stuckness is two things one your view of god in that situation and two your view of yourself so all you have to know is you need an upgrade in God and what who God is for you and who you are in God. All problems come down to that. It sounds really simple, doesn't it? All problems in your life come down to that. Let's say you have a problem with your your your, your in your family. I'm probably blowing out the ant pond. Huh? Yeah, okay. So you have you know, you have a problem in your family. You're like, I don't know what to do with my family. This is actually me, okay? You're like, I don't know. I love my family, but I want to throat punch them. And I love them so much. And you're like, I love them. <laughs> I'm going to choke the demon out of you, right? Let's get rid of some critters. I love you. Fivefold ministry. Come on. Not that I would ever want to do that, because I'm a Christian. Anyway, so... So you have this family, right? You got this family, and you're like, okay, God, how do I communicate with my family and not judge my family and not hold them to their past? And I'm talking about some really dicey things that I can't go into because we're public right now. I literally had to do this yesterday. I haven't seen my, some, some of my family members for over a year and a half, and I had to do it because it was not healthy for me to be with them. Now, I could go and just stew over that and think about how unworthy they are. No, Lord, you you died. You laid your life down for this person. How do I love this person if they have bad breath right now? Right? And that's what you got to do is like, how do you live from that place? You don't, how do you live unoffended? You know, we're not meant to be walking around offended all the time. You know, it's like offenses. You know what offense is? Here's what offense is. Okay. Let me tell you, because I I know, I once again, just like I had a PhD in stuckness. I had a B, PhD in being offended to everyone. You know, and here's the thing. I'll tell you what What, what offense is. Offense is when the world revol- revolves around you. That's all it is. That means your world revolves around you. And guess what? You know what's so crazy about that? That you is your false identity. Yeah. So get off your bad self and come into your new self. Yeah. Put off your old self. Put on your new self. Stop getting touchy about your fake identity. Jesus could have walked around. You know who? If anyone had a reason to be offended, man, I'm telling you. I think about those stories when I read about him getting slapped and mocked. and I I would call down the angels. I'm like, slay them. (laughs) Doom. Everyone would be doomed. It would be like Mordor, okay? I mean, it would be done. I'd have a bunch of orcs, and everything would just be destroyed, and I'd be happy because I got my vengeance. But Jesus didn't do that man, I don't even like when people like make, you know, even just lightly pull my beard and now they're plucking his beard out and smacking him, you know? I mean, come on. Like, what would life be like if we didn't have to be touchy all the time? We didn't have to be offended all the time. Well, that's so much energy. It takes so much energy to live out of a false identity. What we have to do is learn to put on the new man. Thing is, is that we don't realize that there is there is an aspect, like, okay, Yes, everything has been, every, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Yes, all his promises are in yes and amen. And yes, by receiving his precious promises, we become partakers of his divine nature. Those things are true. Well, now here's what has to happen, is you have to learn how to operate in the middle of chaos and be able to do it, to, to put on the new man in that chaos. Now, I know you already have the new man on you, okay? Your spirit man looks just like Jesus. Like, you guys are twinsies, okay? Like, you look just like, you're one. Okay? So when God the Father looks at you and he sees you, he sees Jesus. And he sees you. Through Jesus. In Jesus. So if we could get a picture of that, then yeah, it's like, yeah. Now, did, did Jesus have trials? Yeah. But you know what? He reigned in life. He reigned. God reigned. You know? And, And he did, and he, he didn't just rain on the mountaintops with all these miracles. Think of this. Father, he gets baptized before his ministry, before he had one, you know, multiplication of five fish, right? This is my son and who am I well pleased? Some of you guys need to hear that. You think, wow, I should have, and this is me. Man, I've been doing this for 10 years. I think I should see more fruit than I've had. And the Lord's like, what are you looking at? You're looking at yourself, right? Because you want, you want to be effective and all this other stuff. But guess what? That's all false pressure you don't need to put on yourself. That's not your job. My job is to water, to plant, but he brings the harvest, right? And if I don't have to go around looking at what I'm doing, and listen, I even told the Lord this, and I've said this many times over the years. I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm like, let it all burn. I don't need this. I'm not the one holding this up. I, if I'm holding this up, I'm not, forget it. I'm gonna go work at Burger King. You know, like I'm not, I don't care. Like I don't care about this. I don't. And I, don't I don't mean to, to, to take lightly. What I'm saying is, I don't need this for my identity to feel good about myself. And I have to remind myself every so often not to be like that. I do, right? Because sometimes you forget who you are. We almost forget who we are. Like you guys know who you are, but then you forget and it's because we're still we're still getting our minds renewed. The thing is is like I tell people quite often Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What it all comes down to is this, all Christian life. All your work is learning how to enter the rest. If there's a work, there's a work of learning how to enter rest and it's really not a work, it's just in your head. But we still have to go through it says strive to enter rest. Well, what does that look like? That looks like in the middle when everything's being challenged around you for you to appropriate and believe by faith what you've already received. And what's so cool is God already gave you the faith. So you don't have to wonder if you have enough faith. He's given us all measure of faith, so you have enough faith, right? He's already given you the promises. The problem is, is that quite often, the reason why we're praying for God to do something is because we're living out of a false identity that believes that Christ hasn't done it yet. But what happens when you realize that you have everything? Like what happens if you go into your bank account today? And I'm just going to tell you because the bank account speaks a lot more to us sometimes than other things. But you go to your bank account this afternoon and you realize you have $2 million in your account. How are you going to live? Some of you guys are like, oh, this is great. I'm calling off of work. I'm retiring. You know, whatever. You know, there's a lot of things you wouldn't do. Well, what if we live that way now? Because you already have everything. The thing is, we don't believe it. That's okay. Like, I'm not here to beat you up about it. It's like, have another thought. Have another way of thinking. Like, 3 John says we're meant to prosper as our soul prospers. Guess what, guys? Hey, oh, I love this one. I've probably done this already with you guys. I'm a prosperity preacher. I checked underneath his chairs if there were stones. There weren't any. So I didn't even wear my sneakers today because I knew there would be no stones. I'm a prosperity preacher. What does that mean? That means that we're we're meant to prosper as our soul prosper. You know that money and finances is the lowest level of prosperity? It's the lowest level. But Jesus talked about that. He talked about money. Then he talked about hell. We got our priorities wrong. Why? Because where your treasure is is where your heart is. The problem is, If you're attached to your world and your fake identity and your false identity, you're in an alternate reality without God and you wonder why you're just in survival mode. You just got to get off your bad self, come into your good self because you already need new. And Honestly, you're not even resurrecting a dead man. It's just a bunch of thoughts. Really, that's all it comes down to. Your whole life is comes down to getting your mind renewed to who you already are. Not who you're becoming, who you are being. Right now, it says that in his in his presence, we are we have joy, right? Fullness of joy. Guess what? Your spirit man is like having a party right now. You could be like, oh, "I hate my life," and your, your spirit man like, "I love it." Jesus, you're freaking out in there. Now you just want that to come out outside and manifest. You want to talk about manifesting? We got something much better than what the world talks about manifesting. We have not an energy field. We have a God that loves us, that knows who you are, and yet still loves you even with your stinky breath. That's what's amazing. That's why I get excited about Jesus. That's why I cry. and like, think about Jesus. I'm like, oh, like I know myself. I know not my bad self. You know, like I know who I am. I'm not saying I'm meant to be bad. And it's not about bad and good either, but it's just for the sake of the story here, okay? Like, you gotta put on your good self, your real self, your true self, your true identity, who you really are in Christ. We get to choose two paths. We get to either escape in ourselves or escape in him. Choose this day, life or death. Do you have life or death? Now, hear me out. Are there times when things are challenging? Are there times when people die and pass away? Are there times when we go through hard things? Heck yeah. Jesus did. He went through it harder than all of us. And he still didn't call down all the angels like Darby would do. Right? So, okay, so he's experiencing something. If you look at the men of God and women of God throughout the Bible, sometimes it's a lot more of the women. But anyway, in the Bible, you see them, and you're like, wow, that person is 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 talking as if they're in another reality. How is it that these people are in prison praising God? How is it when you ch- study church history, people are being burned at the stake and singing hymns to God? It's not you can't fake that one. It's because they're experiencing a reality that's beyond what we can see. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Think about this. You have the mind of Christ. It is, is being stuck in the mind of Christ. Has Jesus ever been stuck? No, he's never been stuck. Has he had challenges? Yes. Has he ever been stuck? There's a difference. There's a difference between being stuck and having challenges. Stuckness is actually something we construct ourselves. It's a limited perspective. Being stuck is a limited perspective. God or ourselves. James chapter 1 says, any any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, giving all men liberally without uh, holding it back, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, tossed with the wind, and and are, are, are driven with the wind and tossed, for let not that man receive anything that he shall receive anything from the Lord, for he's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Here's the thing. If you have instability in your life, there's something you're double-minded about. I'm not saying everything. Listen, I know this. I know this. If you came over to my house this afternoon, there's certain rooms I would not let you in because I didn't straighten those up yet. So I can show you all around the house, give you a tour, but not in certain rooms. It's the same thing with our life. Sometimes we'd have areas of our life that look squeaky clean because we know who we are in that area. I understand this is a spectrum of coming to get your mind renewed. I get that. We're in progress, okay? But the point is this, is that instability is a sign of, and I say instability of emotions and thoughts is a sign of being double-minded about something. Now, you can be mad at me, but here's the thing. You go your whole life blaming everything around you. Here's the thing. No one can be blamed for anything that's going on in your life. I hate to say it to you. Like, sure, okay, something bad happened to you. I'm really sorry that that happened to you, but you can't live out of that. You can't. You, what's happening is quite often we, we get damaged in an area. We get used in an area. We get hurt in an area. We get wounded in an area. And if we don't get that healed, we're always stuck on that person. How much time have you ever spent thinking about a person that doesn't love you and that treats you rotten and you're still thinking about that person? What in the world? But yet you have Jesus that's given you everything. Why is that? Why is that? That's because you need to experience Jesus. That's all it is. Guys, listen. This is real simple. You get to experience Jesus. Everything is handled. Listen, people are like, well, well, what about feelings? Well, yeah. Okay. Let me tell you. Feelings are not evil. Thoughts are not evil. The problem is, is your thoughts and your emotions have told you what to do for so long. They're the boss of you. Now you got to say, okay, God, I don't want my thoughts and my emotions to be the boss of me. I want to put on the mind of Christ. I don't want to be unstable in all my ways. Now, why am I talking about this? Because this is my whole life. I've been learning how not to be unstable, and I've been unstable. That's my friend that's known me for 20 years. But we are meant to go from glory to glory. We're meant for so much more. Like, I have no problem telling you about your toilet paper on the bottom of your shoe. If you get offended at that, that's your fault. That's because you're living out of a... I'm not trying to be a jerk. Listen, I'm not going to try to be a jerk. I'm just real about myself. And if, I'll tell you, if you're used to being condemned, you might be feel condemned right now. Well, that's not me. That's not what I'm coming at. Like... It's like it's like having a puppet and everyone, you're making fun of your puppet, and now you're looking at your, your, everyone's like, oh, you're making fun of my puppet, but it's actually, you're taking it on as if it's you. That's you living out of your false identity. It's a puppet. It's a mask that you wear. It's heavy. It's hard to carry that mask around. And then sometimes life happens in such a way, and guess what, you get unmasked. You lose your filter. That happened to me. A year ago, almost to the day, I had open heart surgery. Quintuple bypass surgery. Never thought I was doing that. I thought I had acid reflux. For goodness sakes, you know what happened after that surgery? I lost my filter. It's getting it's, it was already bad. Why? Because I was experiencing life and death right at the tips of it. And it's like, okay, well, this is a reality. I could this, and this is not. I know people use this to manipulate people, but today could be your last day. Tonight could be your last night's to sleep. Now, if you know Christ, you know like you don't have to have you don't have to you don't have to have that fear when you go on the other side. And I've asked the Lord, I have moments, I've been once like, I don't want to die. You know, but I tell you, when I experienced the presence of God, I had such peace when I was getting surgery. I mean, ridiculous. I don't even like getting needles taken, guys. I passed out when I first got in there because I was fasted. They took my blood and I passed out. After they were done. That's how much I hate it. I had people praying for me and the peace of God. That made it. I mean, listen, they were going to rip in and they ripped my heart out of my chest, put me on. Like life like my 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 lungs were working because they were mechanically driven. And and I'm just like I don't even I don't even look a needle. How is this? And I'm not saying because I'm the hero to all my stories because I'm not. What? But I'll tell you, I experienced the peace of God so much so I, I just I told Woody, I'm like, Hey Dar- hey Woody, how you doing, man? What did I say? You said you're going oh, I'm going in for heart surgery, just did a kinda of like nonchalantly. Like- and he's like he's like trying to not be he he's hearing me at peace, but he got the phone and what happened? I was like how, I, I was a little shocked by it, but like, I was at more peace because you we were at peace. Yeah. Peace. Now I'm just saying what else can we have peace with? You know what? The peace of God can transcend all understanding, even if we have someone that we don't like as a president. right. Wow. You're not gonna change anything by complaining about something. <laughs> I don't know, anyone in the room ever complain about something and see something get changed? Now you might have had some people reluctantly change, but it came back. You might have nagged your significant other, and that might have changed for like a week, maybe a couple days, but it keeps on coming back. Right? Hebrews 4, 2 says, for unto us was a gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You know, you can have the word of God preached to you and it profits you nothing. That's what happened to me when I was a kid. I mean, I had some, but why? Why is that the case? Why is it that you read the word, you believe the word, you might declare the word, you pray the word, and you're not profiting? Why is that? You ever get frustrated? Maybe you don't say it out loud. Maybe you're like, God, what are you holding back from me? Right then and there, that's how you know there's a wrong thinking because God's not holding anything back. He's already gave you everything. And you can't blame the devil. You can say, well, the devil's been resisting me. Well, guess what, guys? The enemy's been defeated. Well, what about Daniel? That's before the new covenant. You ever think about those apples? I have. I have. I realize that you can't blame the devil and you can't blame God for what you don't or do have. Now you take ownership, you take responsibility. You realize that God created a system to operate a certain way. That there are laws, like there are physics. There's there's physics of heaven as there are physics of the the universe. And And God designed a certain way to operate a certain way and he gave mankind earth and then his is heaven. So we messed it up. But he loved us so much. He had the plan ahead of time. Father, son, and Holy Ghost sitting around drinking coffee saying, we want to, we love each other so much. We want to expand what our family. Okay. Let, oh, I got an idea. Let's create people in our likeness. Well, we know what's going to happen. We know they're going to turn away. Come on. They're still worth it. Let's do it. We get to spend eternity with them. That's how awesome it is. You know, Jesus loves you because he wants to spend eternity with you and talking with you and loving you and showing you how much he cares for you, but you don't have to wait for the future. You can have it now. You can have it all now in the middle of hell. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. And that's how we're going to change things, guys. That we become so... Unaware of ourselves and we get swallowed up in him. The reality of that kingdom being swallowed up in him. That's where it's going to happen. You're not meant to lose. You're meant to profit even when things are going wrong. Guess what? You guys got a lot of things that the enemy has done. Sure, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. You get seven, you get at least seven times back, everything. But God's given you everything. You don't even have to bother with the enemy. Really, I think all spiritual warfare is learning how to rest. Everything is, you trying to, okay, binding and loosening. Well, on earth as it is in heaven. whatever's in heaven is going to be on earth. I bind what's here, that's not here, that's not good, it doesn't look like the kingdom, and I loosen what's in heaven. I am Jacob's ladder. I am bringing heaven to earth. Right, I'm learning how to enter that rest of what He's already done. Guess what happens? The enemy can't mess with you, and if he tries, he's going to get frustrated. He's going to get tired. He's going to get worn out. He's going to do all the things you've experienced, all the anxiety. You know why? You know why you have, you're anxious is because you have the mind of something else other than Christ. You have the mind of the enemy. Jesus is never nervous. He's never anxious. He's never worried. He's confident. Guess what? You're meant to be confident. You're meant to succeed. No matter what is against you, with, one with God is the majority. There's one scripture here. It says uh, in Mark seven thirteen it says making the word of God not effect through your tradition. The only reason why the word is not profiting us is because of the traditions of legalism or traditions of men. It's the worldly wisdom, which really religious wisdom is the worldly wisdom. It's just an evil twin. That's all it is. Religion and religious uh, tradition and earthly humanism tradition, same thing. Okay? It's, a, it's, it's, it's both. What makes the word of one voice? So every one of you guys are greenhouses. Every one of you are greenhouses. What are you growing in your garden? Your heart is your garden. It talks about that. The seeds, right? The parable of the seeds. What are you growing? Well, if you you, you have a bunch of good seed in you. You got the word of God in you, okay? Right? And you got the word of God. You've been meditating on the word of God. You've been thinking about the word of God, but then you're still double-minded because you're still thinking, but what if? What if this? What if that? That's unbelief. That's being double-minded. Now, I want you to know, whatever you focus on, whatever you put your intention in, anywhere you put your attention to are seeds your thoughts are your seeds. If you spend 50% of your day, 60% of your day, 80% of your day in worry and 20, 30% in faith, you're going to choke out the seed. Now, some might get through, but for the most part, you're going to see this and this and this and this. You're going to go up and down and feel like you're all over the place. You're unstable in all your ways. That's okay. You don't have to have that. You're not meant for that. Now, am I saying that you live in the fullness of what Christ has done and everything's hunky dory? No, no. We're in trouble. The thing is, that trouble doesn't have to own you. You can actually bend reality with Christ in you. You can make things that don't make any sense. People are like, how in the world are they? What in the world? Like, I'm just letting you guys know. Most of us are not too smart in the room. Okay, we're not. <laughs> A lot of us are dumb sheep. I love you. You have the mind of Christ, but a lot of times we live pretty dumb. Then Jesus comes and realizes, and he he restores us, and and he's like, okay, well, us together, we can do this. Yeah, yeah, us together. And then we forget who we are, and then we forget Christ is with us, and then we try doing our own strength, and we're we're worthless without him. You can't even do what you did before, before you knew him. You You can't survive without him. You guys okay? Am I being mean? Okay, here's the key. Here is the key, okay? I'm going to land this plane on this. This is real simple. This is really simple, okay? 2 Corinthians 3.18. So principle is this. I'm going to tell you the principle, and then I'm going to share the verse. You become what you behold. What you stare at is what is imprinted on you. You become what you're looking at. What you looking at? What you're staring at? Are you looking at your insecurity and then thinking about your insecurity and your insecurity insecurity of the insecurity? You know, you ever notice that? You start going down that path and you're like, whoa, and you, look, you start looking at yourself and how you fall short and how not Christian like you are and all that stuff. What good is that going to do for you? It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't change you. It just enforces that. You looking at yourself apart from him is enforcing what bad things that you don't like about yourself. And here goes, the things you don't like about yourself is a false identity. So you're doing this to yourself. Stop doing it to yourself. Start doing this. Staring at him. Looking at him. The author and the perfecter of your faith. Who perfects your faith? Jesus. Who's the author? That means you're not the author. You get to co-author with him, but you're really just writing down what he's saying. Here it goes, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. I want you to know my degree is like really slow because it's it's a it's cold degree. And it, when things are slow, colder, they're slower. That's me, I'm a little slower, but it's still happening. I'm getting a little bit warmer by one degree, okay? I look a little bit more like Jesus, okay, great. Okay, here we go. Next day. Okay, another degree. All right, and then I take some steps back sometimes. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm over here. So what you behold is what you become. If you're watching the news all day and you're freaked out, guess what? Your freaked outness is not going to change what's going on. You looking at your bank account is not going to make your bank account better. You're just going to freak out, and you're going to start imagining all the bad things. What if I get cancer? Or you ever notice that? It like starts off small sometimes. Like something small happens, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're magnifying the lack rather than magnifying the Lord. You're magnifiers. What you behold is what you become. What are you magnifying in your life? Are you having problems sleeping at night? Are you having anxiety? Are you, do you have bad habits? Are you going to things that finding comfort in other things other than Jesus? Is it sugar? Cause that's very acceptable in the church. I know I'm fluffy because of it myself, but I'm telling you, we gotta know where we're looking at. What you looking at? What you looking at? Are you looking at yourself? You're looking at Jesus. First John three, two says, beloved, we are God's children now and that we have and 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 what we will be has not yet appeared but we will know that what um that when he appears we shall be like him because we will see him as he is guess what you can see him as he is now <sighs> it's not because you have to pray to or so much you got to earn it with him you got to jump through these hoops you got to Make sure you get everything just right. And if you don't get just right, you're just going to lose. Now, listen, this is a simple gospel. Like you really, you can't mess this up. Now you can choose. Now you can go to heaven, exper- be a Christian, go to heaven. And then you have all this inheritance. And God's like, listen, I gave you a billion dollars and you lived off 50 cents a day. <laughs> dang it. Man, dang, right? Boom. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matthew 6.33, here it goes. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't seek your kingdom, seek his kingdom. Don't seek your reality, seek his reality. You get what I'm saying? Don't seek your reality, you wake up, oh, it's Monday again, gonna go to work. Listen, some of you guys just need to stop your job and find something you like to do and just do it and stop worrying about money. Okay, what are God's promises? Okay, what does God promise me? Okay, and you start taking those promises, you start declaring those promises. Sometimes you have to declare it until you believe it. <laughs> you have to convince yourself. Yeah. Just, <laughs> sometimes we're declaring things because we're like, oh, I think I kind of believe this, and I'm going to declare it until eventually it becomes a part of you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. If you don't like where you're living right now, it's because you're relying on your own understanding. So now just come back into the mind of Christ. You just have to say, what mind am I in right now? What mind am I in? Can I tell you, there's not meant to be one hopeless thought inside of a Christian because there's not one hopeless thought inside of Jesus? Oh, I'm never going to get married again, or I'm never going to get rid of him, or, (laughs) right? Whatever it is, you know, like there's certain things, there's certain things, you know, there's certain things within the boundaries, but. Here's the reality, what if you became new that didn't matter if that person changed? That's really what it comes down to. You cannot change a person. You have to change yourself. And then you gotta do whatever you gotta do, okay? Are, Are there, I'm not gonna go into this, that's a can of worms, but I'm just gonna tell you this. Really, you don't have to change your situation, you learn how to change yourself. Now, if you are tempted and you're stressed out and it's too much for you, then go find something that's a little bit easier for you to be in and then grow into that, okay? Some of you guys are in situations and you're just hanging out. You want to, let, you want to lead your friends to Jesus and they're still living like hell yeah, and you're, you're in temptation where you used to be? Don't go there. Get your feet under you for a while. Get, some, get, get your strength back. Get rooted and grounded in Christ and maybe go to them. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean on in your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him. That is seeking first the kingdom of God. Acknowledgement. Acknowledge him inside of you. He is one with you. He is inside of you. I acknowledge God right now. Oh man, my boss is ticking me off. I want to, okay, I'm acknowledging you, God. Please help me, help me, Lord. Uh, I acknowledge you. Oh, the bill came in the mail. I acknowledge you that you are my provider. You're Jehovah Jireh. There are 8,000 promises in the Bible. I think we can at least pick one off the tree and just pick it right up real easy and just declare that over our lives. But he will make your path straight by acknowledging him. Don't acknowledge where you're lacking, acknowledge Him. Don't lean on your own understanding, on, on, go on His understanding. That's why we need wisdom. The reason why we need wisdom is because wisdom is seeing things the way God sees them. It's having a believing heart the way God believes, it's having a thinking heart the way God thinks. Deuteronomy 30, verses 16 and 19, this is a good news translation. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I give you today, if you obey him, or if you love him, obey him, and keep all his laws, then you will prosper, and become a nation of many people, the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're about to occupy. The thing is, I want you to know you're already occupying Jesus. But if you disobey and refuse to listen, and you're led away to worship other gods, fear, anxiety, doubt, money, you will be destroyed. And I warn you here and now, you will not live long in that land across the Jordan that you're about to occupy. I want you to know, listen, there is no difference the experience of the children of Israel, the Hebrews, and Moses. God would have approached, if any of those guys decided to go up to the mountain like Moses did, they would have experienced God the same way. They had a false view of who God was. They believed that the pharaoh was God. That was their experience of God, and they transposed that on Yahweh. Most of the reason why we're not we're afraid to go and pursue God and to talk to God, you say I can't get in my prayer closet. It's because you are afraid. There's something you think God's angry with you. You don't. You can go and convince yourself whatever you want to. You can say that I'm distracted. No. You have some fear in you. You have some shame in you. And you're not approaching the throne of God because there's something in you that feels disconnected from God. Don't say, I'm too busy. No, you'll make time for what you think is important. It has nothing to do with that. It has something to do with your heart towards him. You know, you're you're digging around trying to figure out why I don't want to pray, why I don't want to read the Bible. Well, and, and, and there is an aspect sometimes it's religion. I know when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't read my Bible every day. I had the word in me though. You know, I wanted to think about the word, you know? All right. Romans 8, 5, 6, I'm almost almost done, I promise. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. This is seeking first the kingdom of God, right? For to set your mind to the flesh is death. you understand that you can experience death? you guys ever have a, a, a feeling of like dread over you? Like you feel like something bad's gonna happen. Can I tell you that's not from the Lord? Sometimes we think, oh, God's warning me of something. No. Can God warn you? Sure. But even his warning will give you grace. Any thought that does not empower you, even with a warning, even with a correction, if it doesn't empower you, that it's not from the Lord. You know by, you know what's happening by the word, what it's producing, what kind of fruit it's producing in you. So to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. So are you experiencing life? Are you experiencing peace? Or do you feel like you're experiencing death? Now, I understand there's mourning. Should, do I get that? Do I understand that bad things happen? We've all experienced bad things. But we don't grieve like the world grieves. We have something different. Colossians three two says, Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Psalm 1-2 says, But delight in the law of the Lord, and on his law meditate day and night. His word, meditate on his word day and night. The problem is, is every one of you are meditating. Every every one of you practice meditation. just want you to know, whether you believe in meditation or not, every one of you practicing it all day long, every day, all day, every day. Not only that, you also have your imagination. You use your imagination all day long. If I tell you a story of a, a purple cow, you just had it in your mind just right now. just use your imagination. When you're driving in a car and you get to your your job and you've gone there a thousand times, you're in meditation. When you're driving, and well, why am I saying that to you? You are meditating. Is what are you thinking about? Who are you looking at? Right. This good. the good. news is this: you get to co-create with God. You get to take His promises and start imagining what your life will look like when this verse is fulfilled. That's when you receive it. You understand receiving it? Like let's say I gave, let's say I gave let's say I gave you. Let's say I gave you ten thousand dollars. What would you do if I gave you ten thousand uh, dollars? Right? Would you? How would you feel? I'd be really excited. You'd be really excited, right? So how do you know if you receive the promises of God? By being excited, as if it's already happened. That's how we have to live, as if it's already happened, because it is. It has already happened. All His promises in the past tense are yes and amen. This is the good news of the gospel, guys. This is the good news. This is like ridiculously good news. Like, if it's the kind of good news that kind of gets you up in the morning a little bit, you, you got to get the gospel in you. You got to get the go- you got to preach to yourself. Why am I excited like this? It's a dreary day. Why? Because I got a day, it's a lot brighter inside of me. I mean, I got up really early this morning, come here. Why? Because I'm like, I had to tell them the good news. I want to see things happen. I want, to, I want to see people, Ooh, okay, I'm not going to live like this. I'm not a slave to this world. I'm not a slave to my mind. I'm not a slave to my emotions. I'm an overcomer. I'm, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Everything I put my hands to will succeed. I will not look back in the plow. I will not look back. I'll move forward. That's what I'm talking about. So, I just want to finish up here, but my, my biggest thing is this. What are you hopeless about? I want you to think of one thing you're hopeless about. The biggest thing. Uh, tr- are there things... Listen, I'll tell you. Here's the, here's, there is a challenge. There are challenges to this, okay? I want you to think about how you could be how you can have hope in a situation that looks hopeless. That's really what I want you to get to. So what's well, something that you're hopeless about? Now I'll tell you something, God cannot take a person and make them do what you want them to do. More than likely there's something you're gonna to have to experience. Now, do I believe in miracles? Yeah, <laughs> I am one. You are one, right? Okay, so who's what what is God doing here? What's God doing? So whatever he's highlighting to you, okay? And what I want you to do is I want you to ask the Lord. You can do it now, or you can do it when you get home. I want you to do it as fast as you can. I want you to find a promise of that thing that you're believing for, to have, to have hope restored in you. You get what I'm saying? And then what I want you to do is I want you to take that verse over the next couple of weeks. I know this is real simple. You don't have a prayer life. Start with this. One verse, one promise, and I just want you to spend five minutes in the morning, and I want you to think about that and imagine that being true for yourself and seeing what happens. I double dog dare you to do it. I, do- I triple dog dare it. I know I just threw that on the gauntlet. I triple dog dare you to do it. And see what happens. You'll start. What happens is it'll start to be lucid inside of you. That's simple declare it. You can declare it. You might not believe it. You don't, you might, you don't, I'm not asking you to believe anything. I'm just saying look for, for a promise. Start thinking about the promise. You don't have to believe in the promise to see what happens. Because as soon as you start chewing on the word, you're going to get that in you. It's going to do something to you. Especially if you're inviting the Holy Spirit into it. Now, if you're just doing it on your own strength, no, nothing's going to happen. So I want you to take something and I want you to start believing for this thing. Come on, we got a New Year's before a New Year's message, right? Yeah, what do we want to see for 2024? Right, and we don't have to have a prophetic word. We got the Word of God, and listen—if you can't find a verse out of 8,000 promises, there are the 800 names of God, and all of His names represent, represent different characteristics. So you really have plenty of things to pull from. You can't have a prophetic word and you can throw that in there too just for good measure. (laughs) This is the kind of things I think about. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, Lord, I have dreams that are bigger than what I can do, what my bank account shows right now. Okay? I know that my bank account is your bank account. I know that all the money in the world is my money in the world. So I'm not lacking anything. I might not have it in my bank account right now, but it's in my account. It's even in my account in heaven it's so much better. They can't break into this one. Okay, God, I have everything I need. So I've been looking at scriptures on what what true Christian what true kingdom prosperity looks like. And Christians are so free to talk about it and this is why we struggle. How many of you guys have vision to do things in this neighborhood? Listen, I don't care if you have 20, 30 people here. You guys just enough can, can you guys could see millions of dollars come through this place. I mean, we know that's not about the money. I know that from I know that from Matt from knowing him forever. Not about the money, but what would about what would it be about the impact? You know, maybe something. Maybe you can't believe. Maybe this is something really small. Something to believe in. Something really small. Maybe it's like losing five pounds. <laughs> I've been thinking about that one too. I have scriptures for that. <laughs> I'm a go-getter. I'm going after more than one thing. <laughs> I think about that. I meditate on it. I think about it throughout the day. Lord, I just acknowledge you. <sighs> you guys good? Mm-hmm. You guys encouraged? You better not leave here feeling beat up because I'm not beating you up. No, you're not. Okay. I'm hoping it just gives you gets you fired up and say, okay, I'm I'm done with this, right? Sure. Are there times when you're gonna grieve? Are there times when things are hard? Sure. But there's hopeful, there's something hopeful, there's something beautiful out of all of this. Something beautiful out of all this. You know, you might look at your past and be like, man, I woulda, coulda, shoulda. Who cares? We have this life now. We have a canvas. What do you want to paint? What do you want to believe for? You know, and, and the Lord shared this with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end on this one thought, and I want you to know this is this is half cooked in my crock pot. This is not cooked all the way, but you guys are gonna have to like <laughs> cook it a little bit more inside of yourselves. But there are things that I, and I've told Woody this, and I'm still working through this, I've told my wife this. I have times, and I know this is part part of my creativity. I'm I'm a I'm a right brainer. Creative person, and I have so many different interests, okay, but sometimes what happens is i know, I realize something about myself as i 'm double minded i 'll pick something i 'll do it for a while, and then i'll talk myself out of it and i'll just i'm really sophisticated about it, and i 'll do something else right and then i 'll play this game with myself, just notice the games that you play with yourself, and I noticed this game. And I've known it before, but I know it in a deeper level, and I can't explain it except for the Lord's been doing a major deep work in me. But I realized that sometimes I would go and do something, and I believe for God, but I was only running at 5% energy level, okay? I'm just saying, the grace of God, 5%, but the job took 30%. And so I would go in and do something with my 5%, trying to do something that takes 30%, but then talk myself out of it and say, well, that wasn't God. I made the wrong decision. And so I choose something else. That, that's me. It's a game that I played. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it about myself. So what are things that you quit? Are there something that you quit that you can't stop thinking about? You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't because it wasn't God's, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with God's will. And I, I have a whole different version of God's will about these things. You can find God's will in the word of God in Jesus himself. The will of God's already there. It's plain to see. But the reality is, is what have, you, what have you quit? What did you stop doing? What did you not believe that you could do? What's in your heart that you talked yourself out of because you're only living out of 5% the grace of God that you needed, right? You have 100, we have 100% of grace. We have all the grace we need. But to the degree that your mind is renewed is to the degree that you live out of the grace of God. You get what I'm saying? You can, you can have all the grace. You can have everything inside of you. You can have a million dollars in your bank, but if you don't have your bank card, you don't have a way to pull it out, then not, you're not going to have a million dollars. It doesn't matter. You can have that bank account, all, the, all your... I mean, my brother has... My brother actually has Bitcoin. Now, I know that things have gone down, but my, my, my brother, even now, has millions of dollars of Bitcoin, and he doesn't... He has, he, he, he has a computer somewhere, but he doesn't know where it is, but he has, he has... He's a millionaire. By that reality. But that's not in the kingdom. We already have everything. What would happen if you knew you had Everything. You're like, okay, I'm already, gonna, I'm already a winner. I'm not asking God to win. I'm already winning. So, you get it. So, I'm just gonna have you guys close your eyes, and now I just wanna do a couple minutes of ministry. I know, I know, it's like we want to celebrate a birthday. I like celebrating. I like cake, but not today. Maybe I'm trying to watch. I might just smell the calories. But I want to. I, I, I kind of just want to take something that's that's hopeless in you. We're not going to go here and and feel bad about ourselves and beat ourselves up. I just want to close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Lord, I know without a doubt it's not hard to come up with something hopeless. Lord, we have plenty. but Lord, I pray that you would highlight one thing in my friends here, that you would point one thing that we could start believing for. A dream that looked like it's dead. Maybe it's... uh, a desire for friendships. Maybe it's a a way of impacting the community, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, I I, I just pray that you would take that and Lord, I pray that you would bring to mind a promise. And we can Google it later on if we don't get it, but Lord, I ask you that you would give them the promise that will unlock this hopeless thought, Lord. I thank you, God, for restoring hope in this place. That 2023, there would be a new sense of hope, a new sense of we can do this together, God. I thank you, God, for unlocking my friends, Lord, that they'll be unlocked in their understanding, that they would get wisdom. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, for just this breakthrough to happen for them. Lord, I pray that there'll be a, this will be a house of breakthrough. This will be a house of breakthrough, that this is a house of dreams where dreams happen. People come here and they start dreaming they start dreaming again. They start being creative again. They stop living out of scarcity. That they live out of abundance, Lord. That they would live out of creativity and not being stuck, Lord. Let this not be a house of being stuck. Let this not be a house of going in circles. Let them possess the let it, let it become known so real in them that they would know that they already have everything they need, Lord. Let them live from that reality, Lord Jesus. Let our, I should say, let the Holy Spirit work on their hearts and minds that they would see that about themselves, that they would get that revelation. Open the eyes of their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We're glad that what the Lord is doing among us encourages you. For more info about the church, follow us on Facebook or connect with us on Instagram. Visit dwellatthewell.com or come out and see us on a Sunday morning. 228 Ridge Avenue, Southerton, Pennsylvania. I'm digging a well, I'm digging well right here. I'm digging well in the valley of my weeping. I'm digging well.